0: guys, here we go. Welcome back to Views Views. Today we're going to dive into something a little bit different. We're going to go into uh, the Green River Killer, Gary Ridgway. He uh, is responsible for murdering, confessing up to 72 women, or excuse me, 71, I I believe was the last number counted, and was convicted of 48 murders altogether. Those were just the ones that they know of. So, like, but he confessed to a total of over seventy. So, this was a guy that just—he had the law on the run for—I mean, decades. He was just how he did it. I'll never know. But I mean, this to get into something like to get into someone's mind like this. I mean, it's something that I don't think anybody can do. I mean, that's to get into a, a murderer's mind. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy to think of that. Someone is actually capable, I mean, obviously we've got other ones involved, you know, Ted Bundy and, you know, the guys like that, that, who just, which we'll talk about later, because Ted Bundy was actually uh, very instrumental in helping catch this guy, so um, we'll get into that in a little bit, but he, um, he was, he had kind of like a troubled childhood, I guess, he, um, he was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, and he was the second of three children, so he is, uh, I guess his home life wasn't exactly the greatest. You know, he watched his mom and dad have some pretty serious arguments. And, you know, so right there off the bat, you could tell that something was going to be going on. with with, Because that can be kind of, that can mess some kids up, you know, when they're young like that and they see things like that. I don't think they can mess them up like this, you know. So, I mean, I don't think that's an excuse, which it absolutely isn't. But this dude was <laughs> something else, man. He, uh, I guess his dad was always going around with, uh, with, uh, street walkers, you know, sex workers, prostitutes, I guess we can call it the name here. So his, uh, I guess his father was a bus driver who, uh, basically cheated on his mom, you know, time and time again with, the uh, with the girls. And so Ridgeway himself, um, as a teenager had a bedwetting problem until he was up to about 13 or 14, I guess. Uh, so in his, uh. His mother, his mom, would wash him up every night, and um, after every time it happened. So I guess later he told his uh, his defensive psychologist, you know, not even his defensive lawyer, his defense lawyer, he told his psychologist that uh, when he was younger he had kind of strange feelings for his mom, which is kind of disgusting, but whatever. Um, that he had fantasized about killing her. So I mean, this this kid had, well, adult now, but he's seventy-two now. He's still in prison, thank goodness but as a child, I mean this this kid was just so screwed up, it's not even funny. He um he was dyslexic and he was held back a year in high school, so that didn't help anything at all. So he actually stabbed a, a young a younger kid. He was 16 and I guess later on the the kid that was stabbed, he, he ended up surviving. He was stabbed in the kidney and the liver, but he he still made it, which was kind of remarkable to get stabbed in those areas and be able to get through that. So he, uh, But he didn't realize that who, he's, who, who he was being stabbed by. You know, he didn't realize it until after, you know, they had caught him and, you know, he's seen him on the news and all this. And so, and that can be kind of, <laughs> you know, well, you know, I was stabbed by a, a, a psycho, so I guess I'm still here. <laughs> so, but he, um so, and my wife and I lived in Seattle for, or not in Seattle, but in the Seattle surrounding area. We lived about 30 miles north of it and uh, in Snohomish, Washington. So, um, we now live in Texas, but, um we i never realized it until living there you know you don't realize these things until it kind of hits closer to home so and you know what these families went through you know especially the ones that don't have any closure yet um even the ones that do have closure you know they just i i can't imagine what someone would go through to have something like that happen to one of their loved ones you know especially their daughters or sons which were in this case it was all it was all women you know there were no males involved this was all uh, women who he would have uh, sexual intercourse with, and again, I should have said this at the beginning. I apologize. There are going to be some terms in this podcast that may not be suitable for younger audiences, so discretion is advised. Uh, there was a disclaimer on my Facebook page all about the podcast. If you are not a member, look me up, and you will know this from the very beginning. So my apologies. This is a disclaimer now, though. We uh, we're going to get into some serious uh, stuff here this time, so um, I do apologize for that. We, um, this is a guy that would have intercourse with these women. And then when he was done, he would take them around the throat and squeeze them and just choke them out of, choke them, choke the life out of them. And he would bury them in several different places and would just like, like it was no big deal. I mean, he was just throwing them away. Like they were just like, they were garbage, which is just, uh, it just, it's so aggravating. I mean, that someone can do this to someone for no reason. And these girls were on the streets, you know, they were having hard times as it was. And he just, he would take advantage of them. And he just went in and did things that are just unimaginable. I mean just really unimaginable. But the thing is, nobody ever knew it. Nobody knew by his appearance, by his uh by his demeanor. He was low keyed. You know, he I guess he was married three times. His last wife had no idea what was going on. He um he he just had all over King County there in Washington State, he he had like several little dump grounds. I mean it was like his own little uh just dumping area that just he killed most of his victims in his home in his truck or like a secluded area like the woods or something like that so he would he had a camper shell and he eventually if he was addicted he had a a serious problem he was a sex addict it was what he was and it was it's disturbing to think about something like that to to do this to these innocent women you know they didn't do anything they were you know whether or not what they were walking on the streets or not or doing what they were doing that no nobody deserves that, you know. I mean that's nobody deserves anything like that. So I mean they just I just I gotta go back to their parents and their families and just hope that they're, you know, trying to find some kind of way to to get through it i mean it's it's probably the hardest thing that would ever happen to any of us so he would uh so in the early 1980s the king county sheriff's office formed the green river task force and uh to investigate all the murders the task force members included uh a couple of detectives who interviewed and incarcerated the serial killer ted bundy who we were talking about earlier so uh, back in 1984 and bundy uh gave him ideas and kind of like an insight to what a mind like that would think you know and it, it it's crazy because i can't even sit here and think about you know what 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 kind of mind does that, you know? And then you get into a situation where you have people saying, well, the devil made him do it, or he was possessed, or he was born to kill. You know, I, I saw a documentary a while back about that, and I, you're not born to kill. You have the choice as an adult that you... You're either gonna do right or you're gonna do wrong. You know what you're doing. You know, don't give me this crap about you know, well he's mentally incompetent. No, no, he's not. Okay. He knew what he was doing because he kept doing it. You do once, one or twice, something bad like that. That's that's one thing. This psychopath is at least David, I could call him and try and keep it kind of still kind of family friendly on this podcast. Is he knew what he was gonna do. It was planned out. He he knew exactly when how, what time, and where he was gonna dump these bodies. You know, he's the first ones were found in the uh in in the Green River, so uh over there off of Highway 99, uh old Highway ninety nine in Seattle. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then um I guess <laughs> The most One of the most disturbing things I found out about this guy is that the body was on the body was floating on the bottom of the current, and the hand, uh, the people said it looked like mannequins. Uh, there was a gentleman that found it, I guess, or a couple of kids that found them, and the hand, one of the girl's hands, it was like she was on her back and looking up, and the hand was just waving because it was going with the current. I mean, can you imagine seeing something like that and just going, oh, yeah, it's just a mannequin, and then to find out that it was two bodies, so... That's, I mean, just to come across something like that, this guy had cops running, like I said before, for years and years and just nobody thought any different of it. He just, he kept going to work every day. He, uh, he didn't cause any problems. I don't think he had any like other, well, obviously he didn't have any felonies or anything until he got caught. So, um, so back in 1982, I guess Ridgeway was arrested for, uh, charges related to prostitution. So um he was a suspect but they didn't have any enough proof on him so uh they had to let him go he passed a polygraph because i guess that when you have that kind of mindset you don't care you can just sit there and be as calm as you can and when you're able to defeat i guess you could say the system a lie detector test is easy so it was um it 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 just it (laughs) it blows my mind how this guy got away with all this this whole time so um So around 1985, he married, uh, started dating Judith uh, Mawson, who became his third wife uh, in 1988. She uh, she said in a 2010 uh, television interview that when she moved into his house while they were dating, there was there was no carpet. Detectives later told her he had probably wrapped a body in the carpet. So, which I wouldn't doubt at all. Uh, in the same interview, she described how he would leave for work early in the morning some days, and uh, for the overtime pay, and that he must have committed some of the murders while supposedly working those early hour morning shifts. She claimed that she had not suspected Ridge Ray's crimes before she was contacted by authorities in 1987 and had not even heard of the Green River Killer before that time because she did not watch any of the news. So this is somebody who he married, I believe it was his, his third marriage, if I'm not mistaken, and had no had no idea, you know, how do you stay married to somebody for that long? I, I, that's how cool and calm and collected this guy was. I mean, that's how dis, just disturbingly, I guess as a way to put it, disturbingly morbid <laughs> if that's right, if i'm using the right word he he just had no conscience he just did not care uh, when the police would ask him where the rest of the bodies were he would say he didn't remember and then they would take him out and he goes well there's a, she was by that oak tree over there they would go and there she was whoever one of his other victims and i just i cannot believe for the life of me how someone i mean this guy could have been could have done anything if he was that good at hiding his feelings hiding his emotions this guy could have been a politician probably so <laughs> um with all due respect to well never mind <laughs> so um while he was in prison he was interviewed by uh, author penny moorhead and said while, she, while he was in a relationship that his kill rate went down well good for him you know whoop de that of of all the 49 known victims only three of them were killed after he married Mawson. So, you know, apparently he, uh, maybe he was a little bit tired, you know, or just kind of decided, well, I mean, maybe I'll just take a little break for a while, you sicko. Oh, man, gosh dang it, I just, <laughs> I, I just don't understand it. I mean, so he, uh, they had taken some samples, I guess, that of uh, DNA, and, uh, of to get, then they ended up getting enough on him to, uh, have enough evidence to get his arrest warrant. He was at, uh, he was working one day, and then, you know, like I said, he would go to work every other day, and or, excuse me, every day, and, he just, he came out of work and there the cops were to arrest him. So, I mean, let's, I don't want to get, this is the first time I'm doing a podcast like this. So I want to make sure that we all understand like where th- we can go from here. Cause um, there's so many things that are just so wrong with this guy that he's still, you know, he's, he's going to die in prison and he should die in prison. You know, he should absolutely suffer to die in prison. My thing is that I've always thought about what these families go through, you know, and what is like a judge, like what I would do to somebody who did that to somebody's family or a jury, or if I was a member of a jury, I wouldn't actually go for a death penalty. That's just my view of it, my choice, because if something happened to somebody's family, you know, you're taking away the fact that somebody's never going to see the sunrise. They're never going to see the sunset. They're never going to see their children graduate. They're never going to see, you know, a flower bloom. You know, they're never going to see a high school graduation prom dance, you know, for their son, for their daughter's Um, so my thing is that I would let this man rot in a hole. He would have his literally bread and water for the rest of his life. And I would not allow, if it was me, his family to see him at all, because why should they be able to see him when these poor families will never see their child again? You know, so I wouldn't give, I wouldn't let him see the light of day. You know, I wouldn't whether that's inhumane or not. I don't care. So, I mean, that's just the way that I would go with it. And, uh, if there is ever an opportunity for this piece of garbage to get out of prison then the system is done the system has broken down and we are through okay this man deserves to be alone for whatever have any time however much time he has left so he um he actually plea guard bargained with the with the courts because that he had been moved to a maximum security cell in king county jail and at a minimum medium security level tank you know, other news reports stated that his lawyers, led by Anthony Savage, were closing a plea bargain that would spare him the death penalty. Well, too bad you I mean that's in return for his confession to a number of the Green River murders. So he uh he actually got out of the death penalty by exposing all of the rest of his murders. So um on November fifth, two thousand and three, he entered a guilty plea to forty eight charges of aggravated first degree murder as first degree murder. As part of a plea bargain, okay, that was agreed to in June, that would spare him the execution in exchange for his utmost cooperation in locating the remains of the victims and providing other details. And uh, that we talked about this earlier about giving closure. So he, um, this sicko, had dumped the remains of two women near Portland. So he wasn't just in Washington State; he was up in Oregon too, to to, uh, to throw the police off. So he, um, he was smart. He was uh, just as slick as they come, you know, for something like this, you know. And just, you have these murderers like Manson that, you know, that put together all these families together and did the Tate murders. And, you know, those guys were, Manson wanted to start a, a race war. So that's going to be another podcast, though. um Ridgway should absolutely be, he, this guy is the most, except for Bundy, except for Ted Bundy, he is the most prolific murderer of our time, of our generation. And I don't think anybody ever, If if somebody does, have a higher count than him uh which actually there is he was a african american male uh i think his last name was williams um but anyway um i'm sorry about that guys he uh ridgeway uh in a in a taped interview on december 31st 2003 he claimed to have murdered he claimed to have murdered 71 victims and confessed to having sex with them before killing them a detail which he had not revealed until his final sentences so um so let's put this to an end here all right because um he is going to spend obviously he had 10 consecutive life sentences for prison uh that was before all the other uh because they haven't found all the other bodies yet so i mean he's regardless of whether he do or not he's he's going to die in prison and um like i said he i don't wish death upon anybody because that's not who i am or what i believe in but i don't hate anybody i don't but at the very minimum this guy is uh just a sick a psychopath and i pray for all of us that nothing ever like that happens to us so, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I mean, it wasn't to enjoy it, but let's get into, um, I'm going to start delving into a little bit more of, uh, the, the crime stories and, uh, true crime, real crime. And next week, uh, I'm going to do a subject about, uh, I'm going to go with Ted Bundy. So, um, hopefully you guys will take, give a listen to this. And if there's any information that I'm missing out on or that I kind of skipped over, um, I apologize. So it was, it was my first time doing this kind of podcast. So I'm going to get better and I, if you guys have any comments or questions, uh, please leave me a message on Facebook, on or uh, or send me a request to join the group uh, all about the podcast on Facebook. So um, we uh, we got a long ways to go here, folks. So I'm I'm doing this for as long as I want to, as long as you guys will have me uh, on your platform. So I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple. So um, give it a listen, guys. Okay, all right. I appreciate your time, guys. All right. I hope everybody has a great weekend and we will see you next week when we talk about Ted Bundy. Talk to you guys later. Good night.